Superhumans! It's Boomer, and we are back with another episode of the Decoding Superhuman podcast. Today, we are reflecting on past episodes, but also on stress. You see, stress, or for that matter, anxiety, has been something that has impacted me my entire life. Whether it was when I was younger and having the heart racing before a big sporting event, whether it was interviews and having those sweaty palms, everybody likes shaking hands with sweaty palms, or, and this is something I don't talk about often, when I was in meetings, particularly in investment banking, and would start sweating for no reason, which I later found out was me having a panic attack. Now, how do you deal with stress? How do you ensure that it doesn't run your life? There are many things you can do, and frankly, some of the best ideas cost no money. And that's what today's episode is about. I wanted to bring back three guests to share their knowledge and ways of dealing with stress. The first is Patrick McCowan. The second, Pamela Gold. And the third, Marco Lepic. What we are doing today is showing you three ways to deal with stress that cost little to no money. And I say little money because you may have to go out and buy a book, but that's okay. You can find the show notes to this one at decodingsuperhuman.com slash 126. That's the number 126. Enjoy the episode. So in front of me, I have search results for top fears from DuckDuckGo. And among the top, if not the top, is public speaking. When I had the opportunity to speak to Patrick McCown, I was thrilled. Frankly, his book, The Oxygen Advantage, is one of the books that I still refer to on quite a frequent basis. Most health books I read, I take a couple of points away, and I put them on the bookcase. But Patrick's book gets opened time and time again, which tells you something. Patrick McCown is the author of The Oxygen Advantage. He's worked with some of the top athletes in the world across a variety of sports, including tennis, cycling, weightlifting, American football, MMA, and track and field. He's also a TEDx speaker, which I'll link to in the show notes. And he came on the podcast and gave us a really how-to in public speaking, specifically public speaking preparation. Let's turn it over to Patrick. We also need to look at the physiology of it. Slow down your breath, activate your diaphragm. Don't force your breathing into place. And the other thing about doing the exercises, say the breathe light exercise from the oxygen advantage is that when you're slowing down the breath to have air hunger, your mind is more anchored onto the breath. If, for example, we just follow the airflow coming in and out of the nose, yes, of course, it's normal for the mind to wander. But if we have focusing of the airflow in and out of the nose and we're slowing down the breath with the deliberate intent of creating air hunger, the mind is anchored to the breath. Here we are training the brain. It's not just about the psychology of breathing. Mindfulness is not enough. When mindfulness was developed, it was developed back two and a half thousand years ago. Life has moved on now. Times are different. The environment is different. Just focusing on the breath isn't enough. We also have to address the biomechanics and the, the biochemistry of breathing. And we can do that by bringing breathing from the, from the mouth to the nose, from the nose to the diaphragm, 
from fast breathing to slow breathing. And generally, the breath at rest should be imperceptible. Look at the breathing of your colleagues who are prone to anxiety and stress. They come into the room. They're getting frustrated. They sigh more. You notice their breathing patterns. They have the mouth open. That's not a good sign. But here's the thing. It's easy to change this. I changed it. My breathing patterns were dreadful. And I knew something was not quite right. And sometimes when you're waking up feeling exhausted all the time, you kind of just go with it. That's the way it is. And that's the way it always has been. But when you start changing your breathing and you start feeling different within a few days, it really tells you something is in this. So where's the truth as regards breathing? No animal. We've got two dogs and we've got different animals around the place. No animal is intentionally going around with their mouth open, hard breathing. The animal, even the dog on a cold day will have its mouth closed and a very hot day to regulate body temperature, the mouth is open, but only for a short period of time. The mouth, the dogs are sleeping with their mouths closed, you know, so we can learn a lot from our ancestors, but also from the animal world. Now, pre-presentation, what do I do? Before an event, I usually, I don't make contact with anybody. You know, if I'm going to a room to speak to, say, three, four hundred people, I don't want to talk to anybody before that event. I'm a total introvert. Yes, I talk for a living, but I love my own space. I don't even go into the room. I don't sit in and listen to other speakers before. On the day that I'm talking, I don't want to hear any other speaker. I want to conserve all my energy. And because if I go in there, I'll end up talking and I'm losing energy. So be very careful that you conserve your energy before the event. And even working with singers, I say the same. Turn up to the concert, but don't talk to anybody. Hide, conserve your energy. Bring your attention inwards. I usually close my eyes and I focus my attention on my breathing. And I will spend at least a half an hour slowing down my breath. Now I'm very relaxed and I'm focused and the mind is focused. But maybe I'm too relaxed. So after that, I do about five to six strong breath holds because strong breath holds will increase blood flow to the brain. Now it puts me into more, you know, I want to be stressed, but I don't want to be too stressed. I don't want to be too relaxed because then it's not going to, I want to be in the present moment. I want to be there that the words just come intuitively, you know, in a flow, not worried about distractions. I want to be in that space, almost that everything is moving simultaneously, almost that it's in slow motion, that. I don't have to think that it just happens. And that's when you're probably people talk about the zone or the flow. And it's harnessing that state of mind. And this can be recreated at will. Sports psychologists, maybe they have a hard time. How do you get an athlete? How do you get a corporate professional to enter the zone at will? You don't enter the zone by simply practicing the day of the race. You enter the zone by practicing on the weeks and months and by bringing it into your way of life. That way, you're developing, if I call, you know, you're tapping into that part of the brain, you're developing that part of the brain that when the presentation is about to happen, you can instantly bring your attention there. So to assist with that, I do relaxation for about a half an hour. After that, I do five strong breath holds. And then I go out and speak. But just before I go out and speak, I flood my body with energy. I simply take all of my attention out of the head and I bring a wave of energy throughout the body. And I'm walking out not just as a head. I want to speak with every cell of my body. I don't want to be just stuck in my head. You know, being stuck in the head is when 
you miss everything that's going on around you because all of your attention is in the head. And that's, that's what I do. But you could even say it starts the night before or sleep. I try not to look into blue light technology, even though now smart TVs have blue light technology. You know, if we're looking into our mobile phone, if we're looking into our laptop, television screens, it's almost that the brain is sensing that it's daylight outside. So the production of melatonin is, is decreasing. The, the hotel room, I want to have total darkness. So I'll even get up. You know, if I see that the, the blue or the red light underneath the television, I'll put tape over that. The digital clock that's on the lamp set the ta- on the table, I'll turn that over. So I want total darkness, total silence, and I want an airy bedroom. I'll also practice slowing down my breathing for about 15, 20 minutes before sleep because what that will do is activate the relaxation response. I wear paper tape across my lips. Now, we've been advocating this for 20 years. This is not my tape, by the way. I use a tape called Lip Seal Tape. I'll just show it to you. And I know this is going to sound bizarre to your listeners. The best night's sleep that I ever had was wearing paper tape. And it's simply like this. It's a piece of paper tape. And that keeps my lips together. And I wake up and I feel alert when I wake up. That's when, you know, so in presentation, we have to look at the sleep the night before. We have to look at our everyday breathing. And we have to look at our breathing and state of mind before the event. And, you know, the other thing is, don't care what happens. If we place too much self-doubt and self-criticism, and I suppose the best way to think about it is, is you're not thinking about it is practice, if you're giving a public presentation, make sure that you rehearse this. If cognitive enhancement is your goal, you may have come across nootropics or smart drugs at some point in your journey. Assuming you have the foundations correct, eating well, sleeping well, stressing well, or at least having some concept of resilience, you may want to look into the benefits of nootropics. But, and there's a big but, Nootropics are the Wild West. You need to trust the vendor. This is why I have enjoyed the products from those over at Neurohacker Collective for over two years. They operate looking at the whole system, providing products, resources, and tools needed to help the whole being, mind, brain, and body, work together in harmony. They select only the finest ingredients which are independently verified for purity, and I value that highly. I've used Original Stack since it came out. I now use Qualiamine caffeine-free five of seven days per week as per recommendations. But they also have Eternus, a product designed for mitochondrial health and healthy aging, as well as Focus, which frankly will bring you more focus. And now Neurohacker Collective is at it again, innovating with a new energy drink. If you want to check out all of these, Go to neurohacker.com and use the code BOOMER for 15% off. Well, now that we've tackled public speaking, we can really go anywhere. I grew up quite privileged. In fact, some would even call it spoiled. But I didn't realize or didn't think I was experiencing any trauma growing up. The fact is, is that we all go through traumas. And Pamela Gold actually helped me understand that. Shout out to Bob Troya for the introduction here, but Pam and I had a great conversation that was supposed to be about the future of fitness, and we certainly got into that, but at times, we went down the path of hidden traumas and the art of letting go. Enjoy this clip 
from Pamela Gold. Well, there was a there was a really exciting moment where I thought I came up with it. I was meditating and well, I had this thing happen. It's really a five second story and you can edit this out if you want this to be shorter later, but I'll talk all day if you let me, but it's actually a fun story because it's how I realized the difference between emotional intelligence and spiritual intelligence. Spiritual intelligence is much more subtle. So I was driving down the road by myself, rocking out to a classic rock station and a song like Take the Long Way Home came on, which Ah, when I was a kid, that was pure joy. Like that was just a pure joy song. My whole family, we used to sing that and I was so excited it came on. The next song that came on was Def Leppard Hysteria, another one of my favorite songs. I was 10. I loved that song. So the song came on, I was happy. So my emotional state went up and I felt it. I'm so freaking excited and happy that the song came on. I'll use the word underneath because underneath that happiness, I felt a drop in my spiritual being. I use the word spiritual because it's just this spiritual intelligence. It's like, oh, how your spirits today? Oh, they're high, they're low. Like you can feel like shame and guilt are really low. Mm-hmm. You know, joy, love, willingness, peace are really high. You can feel this flow of your spirit, right? So song came on, I'm happy, but I felt myself drop. And I was like, because I meditate, because I'm tuned into that stuff, I could feel it. And I was like, what was that? And I went there and I kind of got a little meditative and tuned in. I was like, what was that? What is that? And it was grief. Because <laughs> when I was 10 and I listened to a lot of Def Leppard, there's a lot of social development stuff going on where mm-hmm. you know, you're rejected, you're humiliated, you're, you're not feeling connected, you're not feeling good enough. I used to put on that album and go running in my apple orchard <laughs> wow. as my therapy. Mm-hmm. Because it's hard being a 10-year-old trying to figure out who you are and you're different yeah. and all that. So anyway, I realized through that, that spiritual intelligence is that, is being aware of your spiritual states, which David Hawkins, Letting Go, is the best resource for this. So if you haven't read that book, and if people haven't read that book, read that book. It's so clear. It helps really make this super, super tangible in a way that is just game-changing. And actually my son, who's now 10, when he was five, this was the book that resonated with him because there's like a map. And mm-hmm. my son is super smart and super turned in, but he would be like, mom, I don't want to talk about that. He didn't ever want to talk about the warm and fuzzy stuff. Ah, I don't want to talk about that, mom. I don't want to, he didn't want to go there. But when I gave him a map, he was like, oh yeah, I have felt guilt and shame and grief and pride and anger and fear. Like, and it helped him draw that inner world, right? Mm-hmm. And so spiritual intelligence is that awareness of being able to regulate your own being aware of it in others and being able to regulate in others. So I promise this is something to do with PEMF, I swear. (laughs) So what I experience when I'm on the PEMF is spiritual healing. Let's close out today with a guided meditation. Marco Lepic came on the show a few months ago and walked us through really the science behind mindfulness. I encourage you to listen to the full episode if you haven't already, but Marco is a corporate mindfulness and emotional agility coach with a prior background in strategic communication and consulting. He also served time as a monk and spent 10 years really studying traditional mind training practices. This guided meditation is something that, as I mentioned in the intro, I've wanted to isolate for a very long time. So enjoy this mindfulness practice 
with Marco Lepic. So first of all, if the listener, if you are deciding to take part, I invite you to find a comfortable position for yourself. So just finding a position where you are both relaxed, you don't have to tense your back, you don't have to tense your neck, and you're both relaxed but also alert. So if you feel a bit sleepy, and if you sit on a chair, maybe not supporting your back, if you feel sleepy. At the same time, if you feel really anxious right now, you could do the opposite, supporting your back, because it allows the body to relax. You know, finding out what works for you. So taking a few moments to find a comfortable position and settling in to that. And just checking in what it feels like to sit on the chair. Sensing your buttocks touch the chair. And maybe sensing your feet touching the ground. If you sit in another position, just sensing your feet touching whatever is under them in whichever way. And then opening your attention a bit and bringing your attention to any sounds that may be around you. And just maybe seeing how many sounds can you hear? Can you count three different sounds? And so opening up, if there's maybe any smells around you, one, two. And if your eyes are still open, checking in with the fact that you're seeing. What is it like to see right now? And so with that, I invite you to try to experiment with maybe closing your eyes. But if this is uncomfortable, you can keep them open and keep the gaze in front of you, like one and a half meters, slightly looking down. Both are okay. And we'll now try and settle our attention on our breath. So trying to find our breath, wherever we happen to feel it. So some people feel it at the nostrils, some at the upper lip as the air comes out. And some of you will feel the stomach rising and falling or the chest, just finding where it's most vivid for you and deciding that this is going to be the anchor point for this attention training exercise. That's what we're going to be doing the repetitions with, the reps. So settling your attention when you're in breath, 
and your out-breath. And noticing that sometimes we may be constricting our breathing without being aware of it. You may also explore relaxing your shoulders and opening your chest. And just keeping your attention on the sensation of the breath going in and going out. And simply stopping, noticing your thoughts, your body, your feelings. What is it like to sit here right now? What does it feel like? And just see if you can be curious and open and interested. And perhaps as though you're noticing your breath for the first time. So this curiosity is key. So I'll pose an interesting question. How do you know that you are breathing? Can you notice the moment the in-breath begins? How it continues? And the moment it ends? Can you notice the moment the out-breath begins? how it continues, the moment it ends and the in-breath begins again. So now, with your attention, can you follow one complete cycle of breath? And if your mind wonders... Gently bringing it back to breathing and trying again. Breath going in, breath going out. And as the mind wanders, again with curiosity and kindness, it's like, aha, it's wandered off. And again, inviting it back to where we would like it to be. So now... Opening up your attention a little bit again, 
and trying to see if there are any sounds in the room. Checking in what it's like to be sitting. If there's any tensions in the body, you've been sitting in one place. And you can gently open your eyes if they were closed and letting the lights in and seeing what it's like to see. And just becoming aware of the fact that, okay, I'm seeing. And so we're going to be ending the exercise, but the last invitation is to experiment what it's like to continue listening with this sense that we kind of acquired through this exercise as we go. So not to think about the practice being over, but what it's like to keep kind of doing the same movement as we go through our everyday activities. So there basically isn't a difference between practice and life in that sense. And with that, the formal practice is over. So bringing your attention back to the podcast, but trying to keep that attitude going underneath. Marco, this was incredible. I, I think I was telling you earlier that I messed up my calf muscle today, and this was exactly what I needed. Um, so, dude, this thank you. All right, superhumans, did you enjoy that recap? We got a little bit into everything, frankly. We talked about public speaking. We talked about letting go of hidden traumas. And we got a little bit into mindfulness. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you take these away and action them quite a bit. And if you want to get the show notes, the show notes are at decodingsuperhuman.com slash 126. If you enjoyed the episode, share it on your favorite social media channel and just tag Decoding Superhuman. I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening and have an absolutely epic day.